What is going on? This is Party Card Sports. I'm Cody with your boy, Nate. Your boys are back at it again. We're wrapping up probably the best time of the year, as we've talked about over and over the last few weeks. NCAA March Madness wrapping up. We've got the PGA Masters going on right now. I know not a lot of people play ball golf, but it's sports, and we have to talk about the Masters. The Masters. The green jacket. Every, I don't have a green jacket, but it would be nice to have one. It'd be great to have one for St. Patty's Day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's March. Wow, dude, you fucking just tied that together super well. Oh, yeah. Let's get to talking about March Madness wrapping it up. We had the women's closing. Controversy. Yeah, that that, that whole game where just LSU beat the absolute breaks of off Iowa. So I don't think there's much to talk about the game itself. I mean, LSU just only showed thing, out. The only thing I could say is, is – uh, LSU had the better team. They've had the better team the whole time. Iowa, you know, their player, Kate, their, I'll say Clark. their only player. She went off still. She went off still. So, I mean, and that's everybody expected that, you know, and I figured LSU would win, you know, because they have a better team. Uh, so I had no idea who was going to win because it's women's basketball and I don't follow it. Well, but I definitely followed it. The only reason I followed it much is because they this was huge hype this year. I mean, it just exploded everywhere. Turns out she uh, personally by herself. Who? Who? Caitlin. Caitlin Clark okay. personally put women's basketball at least on a radar. She did just launch up some shots out. Almost anyone else you see pulling up from that range, you're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But she just drains them constantly. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Must um, be nice to shoot like that. <laughs> I wish I could shoot like that. Wouldn't it be anyway, anyway, let's get to it. We, we, we both know the game was pretty much handled pretty easily. by Right. LSU, but let's get to the actual controversy. So, if you haven't seen it, which if you haven't seen it, you've been under a fucking rock since the tournament. Yeah, all Kate, social media exploded yeah, from it. The Caitlin Clark, you can't see me, quote unquote, taunting, versus the Angel Reese completely harassing Caitlin Clark at the <laughs> end of that game. Jesus. I mean, you're one of these people that, that are going to crazily overdo this. I'm not going to crazily overdo this. I'm going to explain it, how it actually fucking happened. When you look at the two scenes by themselves, they're absolutely very, Oh, they're completely different. No, no. If you're just looking those two scenes out of context from what they were inside the game. Sure. They both did the same little time. You can't see me. Yada, yada, yada. Yes. Out of context. Very similar. You know, to me, no big deal. But when you put it in context, where they were in the game, Caitlin Clark did her little taunt during a time or going into a timeout in like late second quarter of this game, yeah. not even looking at at while, an opponent while she's dropping forty points. I don't. I don't think she had forty points. She did have forty points in the second quarter. Yeah, because I I, I, th I feel like this was still in the first half when she did it. Oh, I think it was in the. I think it was in the second half at least. Well, it was, def it was not in the fourth quarter. I know that. Either way, she dropped forty that game. But she did it going into a timeout, not even facing an opponent. Not a big deal. But Angel Reese at the end of this game, where she, LSU has just beat the shit out of Iowa. We already know who wins. There, Iowa's already embarrassed. She harasses Caitlin Clark in her face for 15 seconds, not three seconds, 15 that was seconds. longer than 15 seconds. Doing the you can't see nah, me, point, point at her ring finger, it's, completely classless. It started on the free throw line. Uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about what happened those last five ticks of that, the game. I mean, that's when it started, though. I'm right. telling you, it started on the free throw line. Did the no, you can't see me taunting her, whatever, who cares? 
the what what I'm that doesn't matter to me. The after effect of like, hey, I'm gonna walk around with you on this court. That's not. I mean, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. Either way, we've as as males playing football and other sports, we've seen way worse taunting than that. Yeah, way worse, and it has never been huge headlines. But this is women's. I know. Why is it okay? So I get that this doesn't happen very often in women's sports. Like the, the, these controversy things, and this is this is why it blew up because they're usually not happening. But in a man's sport, that's not a headline. I can't recall the last time something like this happened in a men's sport. Dude, the, if you watch, okay, this is why you don't ever watch the NBA. Do they talk trash the entire game? Because the NBA is a show. It's not a game. It's not a sport. It's a show. They are putting on a show. These women here in the NCAA are still fighting for that next level. They're fighting for a ship. And this game's already over. Caitlin Clark's are just trying to get off the court. Angel Reese is just in her ass. Here, you know what? I, I, I feel like it's just, I get it. She went overboard. Crazy overboard. I don't have a problem with Tony. If you want to taunt, rub it in. That's it. fine. Go ahead. I get it. But don't get chase down somebody. I get what you're saying. She went overboard. Way too much. Now, some of the name called and all this other stuff, whatever, afterwards, that, I mean, it's whatever. That's not even my biggest problem with the entire game. What was? That lady in her clown costume that, being on the but, court the entire yeah, game. That was bonkers. When I when I turned the game on for the first time and I saw that, I'm like, I hope LSU loses just because their fucking coach is wearing something shiny and it's just fucking stupid. You know, she does it all in every game. Yeah. It, and she's like a she's like a premier coach. And I get that. But you're not allowed on the court during play. What is this? What is this nonsense? And she she's on the court and touching officials. Way on the court. And and it was like the entire game. I think that should be more news. Like, they should have been... Okay, did you watch some of the other BS that happened in the game? The t- the technical no. for Clark? Okay, no. well, let me explain it to you real quick. Caitlin Clark, ball comes down to her. It's like they're huddling up for an inbound oh, pass. Yeah, she, yeah. she just tosses it behind her, texts her up. What? She threw the ball behind her, and there's an instant tech? Yeah, that was kind of weird. I, d- I do recall seeing that. I didn't watch it in the game, but I did... See that in a highlight. But old lady over here in the clown costumes on the court the entire game, and there's no technical. Makes no contact warning, with an official. No warning yeah. during play. That's ridiculous to me. I think that's more ridiculous than this this taunting afterwards. Yeah, I, I agree. But but it so on Twitter, I posted on Twitter. I said, on this is Twitters. such a non-story. I said this is not a story, and people just blew it up. Just crazy. I think it went way overboard. It was it was news for three or four days afterwards. It was news prior or post the men's championship. And now it's news today because we're talking about it. Yeah. But other than that, that's all I have to say about the women's tournament. I mean, that's the only game I even might really watch and the only news I have from it. The only thing I can say to clarify this up, you know, really square this up bring it all together bring it home is this is reese's time to shine you know this is her only moment because when it gets down to it in the WNBA, she's probably gonna be a bench player and caitlin clark is gonna be probably an mvp so 
yeah, she's taking her moment to shine. Five minutes in fame. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that happening for sure. And it's worked. She blew up. She's on interviews everywhere. Works out great for her. I didn't know who she was before today. Before that, still game. gonna be a scrub. So women's, there you go. We we gave you your due diligence. <laughs> Moving on with the men. We're done with the women's. Men's final four. We talked about it last week. We had San Diego State versus FAU. San Diego State ends up winning by one. UConn versus Miami. UConn ends up winning by thirteen. We got UConn versus San Diego State in the finals. We had just talked about this off the mics. Allegedly, we had said that the winner of the UConn-Miami game was going to end up winning. That's exactly, that, that's exactly what, what happened. UConn absolutely handled business against San Diego State, winning by 17. At, at halftime of that Miami game, when UConn was putting it on them, I was like, oh, oh shit, man. Nate's right. <laughs> and that's exactly what I knew. And you're right. UConn beat the crap out of both teams to win the national championship. I mean, once again, we just kind of talked about this off the mics. It was, when you look at it, yes, there were some really good games. But in its entirety, once we saw UConn just rolling the ball, we all kind of knew, like, ah, shit. It's going to kind of be a one-sided affair. Yeah, and And, and it was. And for me... I think this was the absolute most dominant tournament performance by a team that I can remember. Their average margin of victory was 18 points this entire tournament. Their average margin of victory. Their closest game was 13 points. And that was against Miami in the Final Four. That is crazy. To put that in perspective, we're KU fans. Last year, KU wins the ship. Their average margin of victory for last year was only 14 points. But their closest game was three points in the final against UNC. Yeah. But that's, also, that's because they had to come back and win the game versus UNC. But let, let's talk about the only reason why their margin of victory, KU in 2022, was 14 points is because they had a 28-point win in the first round. And then they had like a 23-point win in the 16. Their 32 game was only by 18 points or eight points. Yeah. Their eight game, their elite eight game was only by five points. And then their final four or their final championship game was only get, was only for three points. Yeah. So but UConn handled handled business. double digits in the whole term of yeah. their game. Like I said, their lowest margin of victory was 13 points in the final four against Miami. I think if you really go back at it and look at it. UConn was set up for a win at the beginning of the tournament. I think all the teams they played for, they matched up really well with. They offensively way superior than all the teams they played. I I didn't think anyone stood up against them offensively besides Miami. And then Gonzaga. And then look at this. You proved me wrong, and Miami got toasted in that game. Gonzaga. When I saw UConn handle Gonzaga, at that point I knew, oh boy, man, Gonzaga is one of those weird teams to me. They either they're either they're really good in the tournament, or they're really bad. So I wasn't convinced then. I I was convinced once they beat Gonzaga that they were just going to handle business. And especially when I looked at their bench on how much their next four guys played, averaging thirteen minutes or more for their next four off the bench. Having that ability where your next four off the bench still averages that many minutes, especially in a tournament where you might have to foul to extend the game, 
a lot of these other teams like San Diego State, FAU, and Miami, they don't go that deep. Once they get that deep in their bench, they can't score as effectively as UConn. And it shows. UConn was able to play with fresh legs in the Elite Eight, in the Final Four, in the championship, and just ran these teams out of the fucking stadium. Period. Yeah. Um, here's my kicker for the whole tournament, though. Did we really get to see the best team versus the best team for a championship? No. I, I, I no. just think it's just how everything kind of shook out. I think when you look at it, UConn kind of had a very soft road to the finals. Until they met Gonzaga, I don't think they played anybody extremely hard. And then they showed, like, okay, we're going to play Gonzaga, and we're going to beat the shit out of them. Then they played Miami, and they handled Miami. And then we have, on the other side of the bracket, San Diego State. You know, they, they won some good games. They played some good ball teams. FAU played some good ball teams. But they matched up pretty well with that style of play. It was just a weird way on how each side of the bracket really shook out on how we got a weird... What was that? Five versus four matchup? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you say that this is a good tournament, mediocre tournament, or bad tournament? The only reason why I'm going to say it's a mediocre tournament is because how the scoring separation happened. But are we biased a no. little bit no. with calling it mediocre? Because I'm, I'm also going to call it a mediocre to low end tournament. No, I'm not going to call it. I'm not. This is completely unbiased. Mine might be a little biased. Of course, yours is going to be pretty biased. What a fucking surprise. Because all the Big 12 teams got their butts spanked. That's true. But they lost the teams they really shouldn't have. But that's the great thing about March Madness. That's what I'm talking about. They lost the teams they shouldn't have. That's the great thing about March Madness. You still got to show up and play. You only get one game. It's not the the NBA where you get three games or five games or seven games. How how many ever games they play now in a series? You get one game. That's what makes the March Madness tournament so fucking awesome. Is that a nine seed can show up and beat you know, an eight seed and then beat a, a, a one seed or whatever. A 15 seed can upset a two seed in the first round. Bye-bye, Arizona. You know, that that's the I great think thing. That's what, I think that's one thing that makes it mediocre. All of the one seed, no, 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 not the fact that the teams could do that. I think it's because all the one seeds ended up losing, but then all the teams that the one seeds lost to also lost, like, right after they beat them. Well, I mean, San Diego State, they beat, uh, they beat Alabama, didn't they? In the lead eight to get to the final four? I don't even remember. No, see, that, be, see no, that's how mediocre it was. I don't no, even because, remember. Because no, no once he made it to the lead eight. That's yeah. the first time ever. That's right. Yeah. So, I'm not going to say it's mediocre. I just think that it was the year where we can see more competition from these smaller schools. And we talked about it before. Final four games were mediocre. I mean, one of them was, and the other one was great. I mean, the FAU-San Diego State game was a great game. It was a one-point game. It came down to the wire. The Elite Eight games, for the most part, were all good. Kind of a boring game in the FA-San Diego State game. Real defensive. Not a lot of scoring. I don't care. I mean, it was great. It's all one-point game. And then in the UConn-Miami game, Miami had lost that game at halftime. But I think almost when you watch a UConn game, it was just like, and UConn's up 10. But Miami started off good, hanging with them. Yeah. And was, then all of a sudden, in the quarter, they were like, oh, we're going to lose now. Yeah. I mean, UConn, at the end of that first half, was like, all right, guys, we're done fucking around. And then pretty much the whole second half, UConn just showed up and, and said, shot. Just, 
Couldn't miss anything. And I, Miami, I think, shot like 30% from the field or some shit. Like it was, they shot absolutely horrendously, and after UConn be, was in their ass defensively. After being like lights out, like 50% from the field the game prior. Against Texas? Yeah. Against, in my mind, one the best team in the nation. I'll they shot lights UConn. out. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. The way UConn, this is my final thought. The way UConn played this entire tournament, I think UConn could have matched up and played against any team. That includes KU, Alabama, Houston, and beat every single one of them. The way they played that entire tournament, one-on-one, one game, I think UConn could have beat every single team in that tournament. Period. Could. could. You're saying could have. Could have. Sure. But, I mean, any team could have. But I, statistically, and if we were to put a probability on them, the way UConn played... Against the whole tournament, against the way KU played against the whole tournament, I agree. I take UConn over KU. Yeah, you're right. And you know why? Because Bill Self wasn't coaching. That's why. So I agree <laughs> okay, with you 100. percent right. I think if Bill Self was there, UConn played that freaking good and almost that flawlessly. Period. It'd have been close. I think it'd have been close. It definitely wouldn't have been by double digits. I don't think KU's defense is a little better than I think the Miami's was, but. But, uh, and you know what? You're probably not wrong because. I know I'm not wrong. I'm very. Because UConn, wrong. like we said, this is the most dominant freaking finish by a team that, we walk, can, that walk, I can recall. Walking pretty much through yeah. the tournament. Yep. That's my wrap up. Do you have anything else to add to, to the finals wrap up? Uh, the fact that, like we said. It was a disappointing year for the Big 12 because no Big yeah. 12 actually won the national championship. Sadly. After being the most dominant uh, basketball conference in the all of NCAA, no Big 12 team made it into the Final Four. One, two Big 12 teams made it into Elite, Elite eight, eight. And they got pooped on. And how many teams made it into the Sweet 16? Just still the two? Uh... I think Baylor was in the 16, and then... That's it, right? I think... K-State, K-State, Baylor, and Texas. I don't remember if West Virginia made it. No, West Virginia was out. So, yeah, it was just those three. Yeah. So, that's pretty disappointing. As a Big 12 fan, I agree. But, nonetheless, still a great tournament. Still a bunch of great ball games that went on during the last month. Let's change it up. We're going to go to something new. New to Party Card Sports. We got ball golf. We got the PGA Masters going on. The, the green gr- jacket. The green jacket. What? I can't remember how what annual Masters is, but it's a lot. It's a lot. All the big names in the field. Bryson DeChambeau. Old man Tiger Woods is in there. Num- world number one, Scotty Scheffler's playing. Old man himself still. Fred Couples is playing. And... The other old man who swings with the wrong hands, Phil Mickelson. And although he's not playing well currently, Rory is also kind of just hanging out. He's hanging. He's hanging around. He's hanging this around. Not a, I think, not I, a good master. I think he already Rory. missed the cut. Bye-bye. As of today. No, he did. He's gone. He's already gone. Um, he is the face and the voice of the players in the PGA, and he's gone. What a guy. What a guy. So... I don't watch a lot of ball golf. I watch a little bit, and I'm going through the roster on who's all playing. As we're recording this, they had, you know, 
a delay because the tree's falling down and, and all kind of weather that blue wind was Friday. And they delayed the tournament until tomorrow for morning. today until tomorrow morning. Yep, until tomorrow morning. So Thursday I'm watching it. I watched John Rahm and his card. And then I also watched Tiger Woods and his card. As I'm watching this unfold, John Rahm was my favorite to win this tournament. He doesn't have a real weak spot in his game. Also, his swing, I know this is going to sound really bad because I don't play a lot of ball golf, but his swing reminds me a lot of my own. Very short backswing with a very fast follow-through. That's super aggressive. Just uses that rubber band effect. I wish I could hit it like him, but I don't. None of these players that play remind me at all about my golf game. (laughs) I'm just saying, just the way they swing. But if I had to pick a guy right now to win, it's John Rahm. John Rahm doesn't have a real solid weakness in his game. He can drive the ball. He's got the approach game. He's got the chipping game. He's really good in, with his touch around the greens. His putting game is phenomenal. No, no, no. I think it's, I think it's going to be one of the one of the Saudi boys. And I think you know what Saudi boy live golf boy I'm talking about. That's Kepka. That's Coming only. That's only because you've already watched. You've already looked at the scores. Well, yeah, we watched the highlights right before this. Yeah, but no, I thought I figured, you know, Kepka. Oh, I can't play in the PGA no more just because I play live golf. Blah blah blah. All the suspensions. Guess what? I'm gonna come in here and smack y'all around a little bit. I think he's gonna drop it late. Granted, he's already he's already in for the his whole second round at twelve down. Yeah, he bringing he bringing the heat. Rom is nine down. He still has nine to play hey, for a second the round. Heat. Kepka is bringing the heat. Kepka's playing good, but I think John Rahm brings it home. Everybody, well, I guess not everyone knows. If you follow the ball golf, there's the par three contest that goes on the Wednesday before the Thursday first round. Seamus Power goes back-to-back aces. Wild. One ace. Phenomenal. Great. I wish I could hit a ball golf ace. That would be fantastic. I'd probably never play ball golf again. I might just hang it up. But to hit back-to-back jacks. On a par three contest before the Masters. Crazy. I don't know where he's sitting in the Masters, but I don't care. If I was him, I would have packed up went the fuck home. Yeah, it's never going to happen again. Yeah. Ever. You, when, when's the last time you ever heard of two back-to-back home ones ever? Never. It's never happened. I know there was, there was somebody that had two aces in the par three contest a few years ago, but they weren't back-to-back. Yeah. They were Just, we're multiple talking about, We're apart. talking about a one- and one billion chance of a shot going in, and it happens back, back to, to back. back. Must be fucking nice. Any, anyway, besides that point, another point I want to bring up that has to do with the Masters is an amateur playing this year, Bennett. Our boy Sam Bennett, an amateur, slinging, slinging the rock. He's actually in the top, I think I think last time, the top 15 in the Masters right now as an amateur. The dude absolutely smushes the ball. He hits it a long freaking way. And when he swings, it looks like he swings at a billion miles an hour. That's how fast that club is moving. And you know why I like him? Right before the round today, he throws <laughs> it a nicotine pouch and he's ready to go. He's a man of the people. You say he's goaded already. Goaded already. I put a goat on his name already. Already. Tiger man Woods, of the people. Steps, step aside. We got the new goat. Hand over your <laughs> hand over your goat status. So, now, we, wouldn't it be cool though? We've all seen the movie Greatest Game Ever Played with 
Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. And it's a true story about a kid playing against two of the greatest golfers British has to give out there. And he wins the whole dang thing. Wouldn't it be cool if an amateur comes in there and wins the green jacket? Would be cool. But I'd really like to see John Rahm get a jacket. Would you rather have see a amateur 23-year-old no. kid win a jacket? No. He's got, he's got plenty of years left. See, there's a lot of guys in this tournament. You're just talking about no, no. A lot of guys in this tournament who don't have a green jacket that need one that deserve one. Stop it! You were just talking about how the NCAA tournament is so cool. It is these teams that maybe aren't as good, but as good in the moment, they could win it all. That's right. That's what this is. That's not what this is. That's what this is. No, anybody can win at any time. Wrong, because you can't win on one day. You can't win on one round in this in this format. You can't win on one day or one round in, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you can. You take it one game at a time, and then you're one and zero after and that you weekend. Take, and you take one round at a time. Yeah, but you have to do it consistently. You can't shoot seventy one. You gotta be the UConn of the Masters. Okay, so that's like shooting sixty two and sixty three back to back to back. Yeah. And we'll, and you can't shoot. You can't shoot a seventy in round one, and then expect to somehow whittle your way back in and make he didn't a run. Shoot a seventy. I'm just. I'm just he saying. Shot well, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's he did. in the top fifteen right now. That's great. But I'm just saying, you can't show up and shoot a mid seventy in round one and expect to all of a sudden be in the hunt in the Masters. Oh, he, that that dog doesn't hunt. Okay. Hey, you could go. You come out and shoot minus ten, and be right back in it. You could, but at the Masters, I don't see that happening. These greens are fucking tough, okay? Hey, it could happen. It could. Anything could happen. Any given Sunday. Well, that's it's a good thing it's not Sunday yet. <laughs> it's not Championship Sunday. So, we're talking about ball golf. If you've been following ball golf in the USGA, apparently they've been complaining because people hit, the pros hit the ball too far. So now they've proposed a rule in 2026 to roll back the golf ball to try to take off 15 to 20 yards on average from the tee box. Before I go into this, what is your... I, what, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the organization... Making them hit shorter? Trying to make pros hit the ball shorter because they're allegedly in, in the USGA and that's... There's some other organization that's part of it, but I'm just going to refer to the USGA. The USGA is saying that the pros are hitting the ball too far and that they're almost outgrowing the golf courses that they currently play on. Remember when the MLB tried to make the bats so they didn't pop as hard and there was less home runs and viewership kind of dropped off the table a little bit? Sure. I think this is a little bit like that. Chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. You know, everybody likes to hit dingers. When the cart girl shows up and you, you're on the tee box, you send you, it. You better send it. There's no laying up on short you par fours. You Gilmore that thing <laughs> on, onto the green on a par four. Sometimes sometimes maybe good, sometimes, sometimes maybe, maybe shit. shit. <laughs> exactly. But so here's, here's some I don't stats. like it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't see. I liked it until I read these stats. In 97, the average driving distance from the PGA was 267 yards. Not bad. I mean, that's still a good solid pump in 97. Yeah. In 2022, the average jumped to 299 yards. I wish I could consistently hit the ball damn near 300. That'd be dope. 
That would be freaking awesome. So I'll th- take 250. If I can hit the ball straight, I'll take 250. I would too. Shoot. If I can hit the ball straight, I'll take 220. 220. As long <laughs> as it's in the middle of the fairway, I don't have to go looking for it. But from 97 to 2022, it's a 12% increase from 267 yards to 299 yards. So you would think that players hitting the ball that much further, almost over 30 yards further, which for those of you who don't play ball golf, that's about three clubs. That's the difference between hitting a seven iron and hitting like a nine and a pitching wedge. It's a lot. It, it's a, That's a lot. So you would assume that that would cover, that, that would lead to a significantly well, less well, amount of strokes. You'd assume that gets you like maybe three or four strokes better, right? You would. You would. Wrong. 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 Yeah. Completely wrong. 1997, the average strokes for a PGA tournament, 71.67 strokes. Still pretty good. I wish I could hit the 70s, but I don't. 2022, 70.61. Not even a full stroke. Not even a full stroke. (laughs) With 30 extra yards, not even a full stroke is gained, and they want to roll the ball back. Because the the biggest hitters in golf, the long-distance hitters in golf, don't have a good meet, a middle game. They Turns don't have out. a short game. Drive for show, putt. Forgot. Wrong. Right. Drive for show, putt for show. <laughs> yeah. So if you think about it, okay. So who do, you, who do you consider the best? Bryson DeChambeau. Short game. No, no, no. Oh. no, no. Best short game guy in, in the game. Oh, I don't watch enough of that. I okay. mean, well, there's there's a lot of well, them. Well, from back when you know, golf was popping and we actually kind of decently knew it, Phil Mickelson was the best short game ever. In oh. the game, the flop shot Phil, yeah, flop shot Phil, great. That's how he won most of his tournaments. How far do you think he really hit the ball? I, I, I bet can, I, I bet, can tell you. I bet ninety seven. He was at that average at two sixty seven, two seventy. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably. Maybe a little bit over the average. Probably. You're not probably not wrong about that. But now he's still keeping up ish, and I with I, with with. with the, at least the meet, the middle of the field. And he don't. He don't shoot three hundred. No, not nah. a chance. Nah. Not a chance. So obviously the best long ball guy. You just said it, Bruce Kepka. He can hit it a mile. But do you know Bruce Kepka for who? Brooks Kepka. I said I said Bruce. I meant Brooks. And I and I said Bryson DeChambeau. But okay, DeChambeau. Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you said DeChambeau, right? DeChambeau. That's who you think it is. Who launched the ball yes. further than anyone? Absolutely. How many times have you seen him? Flop it into the never. freaking green and make it like make it from off the. Never, I no. never, I never see him flop never. it. Never I, once. He doesn't have the touch for that. Because he's not that player, and that's why these long bombs don't equate to less strokes. See, golf is one of those very few sports that Finesse. the equipment has to match the player for the player to be successful. If you don't hit the ball long, then you need clubs to help you with that and a ball that helps you with that. And if you do not hit the ball long, you need to focus more on your middle irons, your five, six, seven irons. Well, if you hit the ball longer, you need to focus more on your nine pitch approach, your sand wedges to get you onto the green. That's where I think that we don't see a huge drop in strokes from 97, 2022, even though the yardage off the tee jumped by over 30 yards. So going a little bit more, why they think it's the ball. It's too hard to change the clubs because manufacturers have already put out so many, so many you of these models. It. It's just too hard to cost the, too much money. The ball's annoying though because it, I, I'm just, you just shouldn't be too hard because everybody's already bought clubs. Blah, right. Blah, blah, whatever. The ball's kind of annoying too though because I don't want to use that fucking ball. Why would I want? Why would I, well, as a person that can barely hit the ball? That's good. We don't have to. We don't play USG. 
True. Sinks true. Tournaments but, and shit. They're gonna, but then the manufacturer will be pissed off that they can't sell these expensive balls right. because you're not using the pros aren't using them. So why why the USGA thinks it's the balls and why they're going after the balls is because the biggest average in, in yardage gain between ninety seven and two thousand twenty two was shortly after two thousand. There was a very specific ball that released in two thousand that now pretty much everybody that has ever played golf knows. Pro V one? Pro V1 and Pro V1X, <laughs> exactly. You're not even a good, a really good ball golfer, but you know what a Pro V1 is. Yeah, because they're fucking expensive. Yeah, and they're a good, a damn good ball. I use Pro V1s. Until I lose the rest of them that are in the bag, I'm not going to buy them anymore. I'm going to use Vice Pro Softs. I'm more of a Callaway Warbird type guy. You see, and that's what I was going to ask you. So you know what a Pro V1 is. You know that's Titleist's high-end ball. Oh, yeah. That's, that's their premier that's the, ball. That's the but high-end I, ball. But now, over the last few years... Everybody has their premier and ball. TaylorMade has theirs. Callaway sure. has theirs. Sure. If I were to ask you what you just said that you you're a Callaway Warbird fan, I like that. Those aren't that's not their that's premier not, exactly. But if I were to ask like you, it. if I were to ask you what Callaway's premier ball is, what would you say? Exactly. You I know don't it's know. not the Warbird. Exactly. You don't know. <laughs> but if you go to up to somebody, Chrome, goes, Chrome. No, I don't even think Chrome is it. Yeah, I don't it, know. Yeah, their Chrome series is, is, it is that? The, okay. Yeah. And some people would, if I went up to somebody and said. Cody, what's what's TaylorMade's top in top in the line ball? I bet you if our boy Andy was here, he, he could he tell pro- you. He probably know. He could tell you. But the average golfer would be like, I don't know. I'm like, do you know what a what Tyler's ball? Oh yeah, the Pro V1. Almost every oh, golfer yeah. knows Pro V1. No, no, no. I bet you wouldn't even have to say Tyler's. You just be like, hey, you know the Pro V1? They're like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 best ball ever made. They know, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that that's why they're going after the golf ball because once the Pro V1 and Pro V1 X released in 2000. Between 2000 and 2002 was the highest average jumps. And then once more people started, more players started to play with the Pro V1s and the Pro V1Xs, the average kept on climbing because there's more people using those balls. And then TaylorMade came out with their TP, their TPX, TPA4X, whatever. Callaway came out with their Chromes. And now the, everyone has their clones of the, the Pro V1s. And now there's just all these high-end balls on the market. So the average keeps on ticking up there. So the easiest way... Is to go after the ball, but I, I think you and I are on the same well, page. That what? is terrible. It's don't, a stupid idea. Don't they want guys to score more? Don't they want people to go like negative ten? Isn't that exciting? Isn't that literally what golf is lacking? Is excitement? There's the the entire golfing community. There is a percentage that can shoot par. Less than 1% can break par. And less than 1% can break it. Mm-hmm. Why would they want to... Why in in anything would they want them to go out and be like, oh, yeah, a negative three was a hot round today. Why? That doesn't make any yeah, sense. I, I, I don't and, understand it. And if you really want to make it harder for distance, guys, make a more challenging golf course that isn't just distance. Now the, the you're pro- gonna say, the, wait, the yeah, problem yeah, with it. <laughs> yep, I I know where you're gonna go with that. You're gonna say it's gonna cost too much money to change all these golf courses, and these are these are iconic. They've been there forever. Exactly. Blah, blah 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 blah. If you give a guy that can hit the ball 300 yards a 300 yard hole, yeah, he's gonna shoot it 300 yards onto the green. Maybe if he can stop it. Yeah. If you give him a par five. 
and tell him it's 600 yards and he can drive that far in two, he's going to do it. Maybe. Now, if you say, hey, this is a huge dogleg right with humongous trees and you have to freaking do that, guess what? That power guy is not useless. Unless he can make it over them trees. You know what they need? They need to implement some holes like disc golf has. Yeah. Where it's not just a dog leg left. Low ceilings. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> where it's not just a dog leg left, but it's a dog leg left and then another dog leg right. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> so crazy. Now you, have, you have to lay up twice to get to the landing you have zone. To, you have to, if you want to take strokes back, you have to start making holes. At different for, angles. That force them to to hit landing zones. Right. Instead of just hit the ball deep. That's why on some of those crazy... I think it... I can't remember. I'm going to make a stat up. Of course Because I can't. What a surprise. But I think it's Pebble Beach or whatever. <coughs> where it's extremely difficult to score. Because the holes are just absolutely crazy fast. There's a, tons of OB hazards, water, all this stuff. That means that the safest and most consistent player, not the bomber, is going to score. Consistency wins ships when it comes to PGA and ball golf. Agree or disagree? Uh, I agree. So if you can, if a guy, and I'm even talking in PGA, can go out and just hit a ball straight and where he wants it to every time, to, he's only hit, let's say he only hits the average backwind. 267. In, in the day. Let's say 267. He hits it straight exactly where he wants to every time. That guy's winning. Even if this bomber can pick up one to two strokes on certain holes, that guy's winning because he's he's consistently getting birdies in a row. He's not bogeying. He's not putting himself in bad situations. He's never situations. putting himself in a bad situation. Now, does it happen where the, that consistent guy puts himself in a bad situation now he's completely out of it? Yeah, that's why you see guys that are really good most of the time, just drop off the table. I agree. But I'll take a consistent golfer any day of the week. Wow. I would love to be consistent at golf. I would too. Period. Most of the world would. That's yeah. why there's 99% of us that can't hit under par. We just go out there and get hammered and hit dingers. Exactly. But that's golf. Now it's what everyone comes to party card sports for. It's footy football time. And sadly enough, once again, free agency is really slow this week. It's really boring. The most... The most interesting news I can bring to you people, the most interesting interesting news I can bring to you, Cody, is that Brian Hoyer continues his backup career at the age of 38 years old. What a guy. Signs a two-year deal with the Raiders to back up Jimmy G. Would you say that Brian Hoyer <laughs> is the is the bench Tom Brady? <laughs> Dude, Brian, Brian Hoyer has probably the best career out of everyone. He's a backup quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, great. He's, he's like, this if is great. If you can be a perennial, literally... One of the best positions in all of football is the backup quarterback. Yeah. If you can, if you can be a tenured backup quarterback, <laughs> you are living the life. He's like, yeah, this is you great. Have, you have none of the stress of being the starting quarterback, winning games. If you come in and you lose, well, guess what? You were supposed to lose. You're the backup quarterback. You're not as good as the the pro, the first quarterback. If you win, oh my goodness, we have a great backup quarterback. This guy wins games. There, there's no losing. There. There, it's a win-win. Exactly. It's a win-win. Money. You, you can't lose. Money to sit on a bench. If you lose, you still get your money. And you, you, get still play ball. you still get to play football, which if a you, lot of us would do for free. If you win, guess what? You get to be on another team the next year and get another contract. 
What a win. Well, the problem is, is if you play too good, you might you might earn your way into a starting spot. You don't have to. You, you don't have to. I mean, it's what happened with Jacoby. It's what happened with uh, Matt Castle. They it's what won. happened with Jimmy G. They wanted that smoke. They wanted that heat. <laughs> so other than that, I'm a Colts fan. I got to harp on the Colts a little bit. As we talked about, because they traded Stephon Gilmore, cornerback, to the Dallas Cowboys for... What, a third round? Yes, fifth round sir. pick? A lot of garbage. Like a fourth and a fifth. The culture without a cornerback. And there's still four corners left in free agency that they have not even reached out to. Byron Jones, older, solid corner. Doesn't Ch- have his knees anymore, is what he says. Yeah. Neither than fucking Stefan Gilmore, okay? <laughs> I don't need you to fucking cover Tyree Kill. I just need you to cover a fucking an area of grass. Okay, and just break up passes. Jack Griffin, still out there on free agency. Once again, not extremely electric, but a solid corner. Marcus Peters, also an oldie but goodie. Out there. I brought it up a few weeks ago. Former corner for the Colts. Rocky Sin is back on free agency. No one's going after him. Colts, let's go after a fucking corner. Let's not wait to draft somebody because drafting a corner is not always a good idea. Not unless you can get... Not unless they're Pat Tr- Patrick Sertan. Or, or Trayvon Diggs. Or Trayvon Diggs, who gives up a shit ton of yards and pass and Not touchdowns. last year. He, not, not this last year. He, he gave up, like, the second most out of any corner for passing yards. That was that was his sophomore season. This season, he fucking killed it. He still gave up a lot no, of yards. Anyway, we, well, we can argue about that later. Yeah, it, your team is... Shitting the bed. Thumbing their ass during free agency, and it's kind of irritating. Doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's kind of boring. I wouldn't be surprised if your team purposely just trades away their pick just to purposely tank. Tank for who? I don't know. Caleb Williams? Tank tank to just tank, because that's what it seems like they've been doing for the past three or four years, just tanking to tank. All right. Well, did I'm they depressed. Even release, I don't. I don't did they even release Matt Ryan? Yeah. Yet? Yeah. Finally, dude. They released him before his cap even hit. I didn't even hear about it. You definitely heard about because I talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> the only the only other news I can bring to you is that Tyree Kill said that he is going to retire in 2025 when his contract is over. I didn't think we were going to talk about this. It. It. <laughs> You had to crack a gold one because it, it's that stupid? No, because I, I got depressed talking about the fucking Colts not doing shit. I got to have another beer. Don't fucking <laughs> judge it, me. Isn't it stupid? First of all, who knows where he's going to be in two years? What? What are you raising your hand for? Um, You were asked a question. I was what? raising my hand. Okay, answer. Apparently, the him, he's going to be sitting on his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just... It, it, First of all, he said, oh, I'm going to do this because I want to get on the business side of football. You can get on the business side of football right now and still play. You see it all the time with all these guys getting the business side of football. And first of all, why would anyone want to go into business with Tyree Gill? I, I don't know the guy, but maybe he knows something I don't. I think he doesn't. Anyway. It was that's how boring this week was in NFL news is that Tyreek Hill saying, Hey, I'm gonna retire in two years. 
was headline news all over ESPN and was talked about a lot. That was just announced like what, two days ago? Something like that? Yeah. And I still saw a story today. I don't think he retires. No. If I had to take no. it, if I had to take a bet right now, today, if he retires after his 25 season, I call bullshit. He's probably regret. The reason why he's uh, even thinking about this is because he's incredibly regretting taking money and leaving his his cake job in Kansas City. No, I don't think he's regretting that. I think he likes the money. I just I think that he doesn't want to go back to Kansas City though. I think he's just like ah, I got my ship, I got paid, but I don't want to go back to Kansas City and I don't want to go play for another team that's not going to pay me what I'm already getting paid. I. It's whatever. That, that's, like, it's like just said, boring that, news. That, that was that, that was, was the, the extent news. of the note of the, the news. news. But we do have some wonderful rumors that went around this past week oh, and allegedly happened at the start it. of the offseason. Belichick allegedly was shopping Matt Jones for a while. So let's talk about this. I'm in. What do you mean you're in? I think Mac Jones should leave. Well, Mac Jones doesn't get a say. Yeah. Well, I think there's about nine GMs that should have made that call. So, allegedly, four teams that he was allegedly shopped to, Tampa Bay, which we know was kind of out of that running because they signed Baker Mayfield. Mac Jones is way better than Baker Mayfield. Allegedly, he was shopped to the Raiders, which we know that is closed because they signed Jimmy G. The Washington Commanders, who are still out there looking. That's a fantastic team to go to. That's a, that's a team that he could still get shopped to, I think. Because Rob Snyder, right? Yeah, but he's, he they're showing the team. Yeah, Snyder's basically, he's already out the door. Yeah, I guess Lamar, and, and I guess you're Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Didn't, I yeah. guess Lamar didn't want to sign the contract. Yeah, your Lamar Jackson controversy, Chris uh, Berry's out the door. Lamar had a Lamar had a, had a what's, it, what's it called? Cold feet. <laughs> I would have cold feet too going to fucking Washington. It ain't gonna fucking happen. Yeah, he could play for Magic. And now, and the fourth team, which I think would be really interesting to see him, the Tennessee Baltimore. Titans. Oh. No, Tennessee Titans. I think it would be very interesting to see Mike Mac Jones with the Tennessee Titans. I would have said that like two years ago. Obviously, Mac Jones has only been in the league for like two years. What I'm saying is, is with the team now that Tennessee has. I don't think that that's going to be a good experiment. I don't I don't think Mac Jones with the Commanders would be a good experiment either. I think that would be great. I, same fucking team. Different no. conferences. Uh, Terry McLaurin got Terry Terry? Curtis Samuels got a Dotson. Got Dotson. 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 We got over Dotson here. over here. <laughs> it, it's a great wide receiving room. Logan Thomas, I'm pretty sure, still plays for in tight end. Washington yeah. still gives up a shit ton of sacks. No, yeah, I mean, that's not great. Doesn't have a fantastic run game like the Titans have? That Brian, Brian Robinson? Yeah, I think it's Brian Robinson. He's pretty good running back. He's not Derrick Henry? He's the guy that shot himself in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking people. <laughs> Fucking trigger discipline. Let's go. Yeah, Learn it. Is it. And the, the defense is pretty dang good yeah, over I mean, there. Yeah. Also, Don't get me wrong. All have to do is be a Matt, field general. All we have to do is beat Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Turns out that's what he could be for the Titans. But the <laughs> Titans. better. But yeah, but the Titans are a dumpster fire right now. They're, yeah, they I, I, are, I would not disagree with that. They're, they they put gasoline into the dumpster and threw the match in. 
because Tannehill's over the hill. There's some rumors about a certain running back. The wide receiving core is mid at best. The defense is getting weaker by the minute, even though they just signed that new that guy back to a contract. Even though I don't even know his that name. guy, that but one guy. Now, but he's now paid more than Aaron Donald, which just means he's overpriced. And that's all I can say about him. They're just garbage. Titans are garbage. So if the Patriots were to move on from Mac Jones, yeah. What do you think would be the best case scenario for the Patriots and or Mac Jones? How do you pick whichever way you want to go? I think Mac Jones wins in that if they get heat straight away. To anybody? If it gets traded, period. You're saying out of Mac those Jones. Teams, out of those teams? Yeah. Right there? I think that uh, if obviously, he went to Tampa Bay, he would be Well, obviously, awesome. he's not going to Tampa Bay. He's not going to the Raiders. That. These were teams that were allegedly he was shopped out to a while ago, and it's just now I, coming out. I would feel bad for him to go to either of those other two teams, the Commanders and Titans. I think his best option out of those two would be the Commanders. commanders. Right. The right receiving core is way better. He's going to get sacked a lot. But wide receiving core is way better. Defense, way better. Titans, they're just, he'd be on a sinking ship. He'd be the captain on a sinking ship. Do you see the potential... In Mac Jones? No. Oh. In this scenario where the Patriots could use Mac Jones and some draft picks to trade up in this year's draft to get a quarterback. Let's say to trade up to number two, trade Mac Jones to the Texans and take the second overall pick and get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever's there. I'm going to say no. And here's the reason why. Because Belichick, Really likes that zappy kid. He does like zappy. So, and he's the GM, basically. Now he is the GM. It's, yes. it's his job title. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't think he'd move up to get one of those quarterbacks. What I think he would do is move up in that four to five, four to four to ten range uh-huh. area to get one of the those defensive guys or a lineman. Interesting. And yes, I think. He could easily trade Mac Jones. And guess what? I have a feeling you're about to tell me. He could trade Mac Jones to the Indianapolis Colts for their pick. Would not and hate it. That would be a way better quarterback than you could get off the market. Now would and it he's proven as a pretty good quarterback, unlike the quarterback you want. I would not hate that. However, and you'd probably get picks from it too. You would have to get picks. Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones. Mac is not, Jones, is, Mac worth, Jones is not worth the fourth overall pick. Mac Jones is probably worth a third round pick. I think if if in that scenario where the Patriots are trading Mac Jones and picks to the Colts to get the fourth overall pick, you're, you're trading Ma- ones. You're trading you're, ones. You're swapping ones, Mac Jones, and then probably you're getting a second. Uh, you're or a no, third. no. They're asking for another first round pick. Oh, the next year probably, yeah. and then that would probably be it, and or the Colts would probably have to throw in something like a six round pick. Yeah. So Mac Jones two first, and then the Colts would have their fourth overall pick that year, and then like a six round pick the yeah. following. But year. I don't, I don't think he picks a quarterback. I, I don't think so either. I think, I think everyone's just kind of dreaming like Mac Jones gets dealt out. I don't think Mac Jones goes anywhere. I think Mac Jones is where he's gonna be until his contract is done. Tech, I think he'd do good Texans. 
like you said, I don't think they'll draft. I don't think they'll trade that high no, up no. because I don't think uh, Belichick wants either of those quarterbacks. I don't think. I don't think, I don't he, think he wants a rookie. I don't think he cares about that. I think he wants to play Zappy, and that's why he was uh, trying to get rid of Mac Jones. I and I don't. I off the top of my head, I don't know the next teams under the Colts who who are there. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that need a quarterback at least. So. The Jets? If A.A. Ron goes back to the tube, maybe the Patriots could try to shop Mac Jones over there, but that's also in-house rivalry. Why would you want to do that? I don't know. I like Mac Jones. I'm a, I'm a, out of all the things I can be, and I don't like Patriots, the Patriots at all. Fuck I'm a Mac Jones fan because I think Mac Jones gets a lot of hate for actually being a pretty decent quarterback. For having a a defensive coordinator as his offensive play caller. And literally having not good wide receivers yeah. at all. Jacoby Myers, and I don't know he got the I know he got a contract, which is way overpriced. Jacoby Myers is not good. He, he's good. No. Yeah. It he's no, the Patriots good. haven't had a good a, a really good wide receiver since I guess you can say Julian Edelman, but I haven't had a really good wide receiver since Randy Moss played there <laughs> way back in the day. I like how you used really good and not great. We're getting you off using that term great. I like it. I like it. It's, it's well, taken a few weeks. I'll say this. Randy Moss is great. Is is a world, is a long time, all time great for yes. sure. Yeah. So you kind of hinted at this earlier about a said running back potentially yeah. being on the block. However, royalty a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned that allegedly, per the Titans officials, Derrick Henry was never and will never be on the trade block. Right. He's not on the trade block. Allegedly. Nope. Not on the trade block. You are correct. But. He's on the chopping block. They're not going to chop him. They're not going to release him. chopping him. To release Derrick Henry, which that whole offense is built around. They're, they're dumpster firing it. They might as well just go ahead and start with Tannehill first. There's no way they they drop Derrick Henry before they drop Tannehill. They're 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 gonna start Malik Willis this year. Um, if Tannehill's on the roster, Malik Willis does not start. I I don't think Tannehill's gonna be on the roster. I think it's gone. I think I think right now they're just waiting to see how the draft goes. I yeah, I'm I, surprised they made any off-season moves at all the fact that they re-signed this good player to their team at all surprises the crap out of me because it just it has looked like they're they're dousing the evidence in diesel fluid and wanting to light it on fire it's like oh, let's, let's get rid of all this shit yes but why we bring up derrick henry is because you texted me with something absolutely stupid with the hype that Greatness. he's going or hype. could potentially going to america's team the star the Dallas Cowboys. There was an article by an ESPN analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that, those guys. That said that Derrick Henry has a like is likely, if released by the Titans, to go to the Cowboys. And I'm all for this hype. Hype traded up. Toot toot. If the Cowboys were to sign Derrick Henry, what do you think he's worth? Ten million. That that's his current I'll give him annual salary. I think is what he's due this year is ten million. I'll give him 10 million. Without without his signing bonus. 
Shoot, he if that's his current ten, salary, ten or twelve is what he's. If that's his current salary. He he's they're getting cut. So then he'll probably resign for like six or seven. If he gets cut, if he gets released by the Titans, he gets six million dollars or something. No, something like that. He's already got his ten. Okay. If he gets cut, the Titans only save six million. That's yeah. why I'm saying. For the Titans to to cut him would be they're tanking stupid. They're tanking. It, it just want to make sense. It makes sense. It does not make yeah, sense. Yeah, they're tanking. It wouldn't make sense. Now, if they if they could trade compensatory him, compensatory picks next year in next year's draft, they just want to get rid of people. That's stupid. And compensatory picks, that's so fucking stupid. The NFL needs to just revisit that and say, <laughs> what the we're, fuck were we're we even doing? We're not talking about compensatory picks. We're talking about Derrick Henry. We were, but you brought him up, and you got me fucking going on him. Those are fucking stupid. Hype. The hype of Derrick Henry to the get, boys. He's not going. He ain't going nowhere. I, I want him. If if he's available and you can get him, I'll take him. On a one-year deal? On a one-year deal over drafting Deshaun Robinson. <sighs> I'm I'm that hyped up about him. I'm that hyped up about him. I would take him and draft a lineman instead. Oh, God. If Robinson was there at what, 26? 26. <sighs> I'm taking... <sighs> I'm taking Henry over him. Like there, For one, listen. Here's why. Listen, Linda. Henry is everything that Zeke had lost, right? So Henry yeah. is that power guy. He'll he'll get you that that two, that two to three yards on third and fourth down. He'll he's that guy. He'll run you over. Now does he have his breakaway speed anymore? No, but we don't need that. You know why we don't need that? Because we already got Tony Pollard. So we ha- we would have the monstrous backfield. The two-headed monster. The speed. The finesse. And then the power. I think the problem with your vision here is that Derrick Henry, especially last year. I know this because we'll get, it, we'll get into kind of fantasy football here in a bit. But something that happened in your fantasy league where there were some trades and someone traded up in the first round. They were asking who they should get. And I and I told them at this pick, I would draft Derrick Henry. He drafts Derrick Henry. For the first few weeks, Derrick Henry does absolutely atrocious. And Ryan is just on me. Why the fuck did I draft him? I'm like, dude, just wait. It's early in the season. And what does Derrick Henry do? He just waits for defenses to wear down. And then he's got 100-yard games, 100-yard games, 100-yard games. Just rattling them off. And he, he doesn't change. He doesn't pick up pace. But just that big body as defenses just get wear, worn out throughout the whole season. That's what Derrick Henry does. So I think for you, that vision of being the, the two-headed monster wouldn't even come to fruition until the second half of the season. I'm just dreaming about it now. I'm, on, I'm thinking like Marshawn back in the day, just beast-moding it up, but it's Henry. Yeah, those are two different, just two completely different running backs. Whack! And then, and then once those defenses are tired, guess what? Hey Paul, hey, Paul, it's your turn. Gassle. Gone. 50-yard run. See you later. Screenplay to Pollard. Gone. See you later. Yeah, I see it now. That'd be greatness. I, I don't, not, I don't I, think Derrick Henry's saying going I would say the, uh, for, the forbidden cowboy words. But I'm saying the hype for me would be there to say those forbidden cowboy words. It's, it's your year? I, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. It's always the Cowboys year. I'm not doing it. I'm not saying it. But I'm saying if Henry got there. Maybe. Sheesh. So I kind of alluded to this. 
it's almost that time of of the year where everybody gets to be their own GM. The it's, greatest time of the year it, in football. It's definitely not the greatest time of year in football, but it is up there with most. I'm not a big fantasy football guy, but you are. I do like to dabble in they, some of the the antics of the fantasy draft, but that's about it. They call me the commissioner. Actually, you call yourself the commissioner. The champion commissioner. Who won last year in that league? I Not you. I don't care. I have my championship. It don't matter. So this is our our last segment to close out the evening. Cody's way too early fantasy football mock draft. Cody, do you have the sleeper app pulled up? I do. It is up. So what we're going to do here, we're going to get a random number, 1 through 12, because if you're not in a 12-person league, well, then what are you even doing fantasy for? And if you're over a 12-person league, you're a fucking tryhard. Yeah, that's tryhardy as hell. Anyway, so we're going to get our random number here real quick. Hey, Siri, pick a random number between 1 and 12. She says 5. So we will be picking a fifth overall in this draft. And before we start, before you, you start. do not know much about fantasy football, but you do know a lot about really good players and how well like certain players can be. So if I told you running backs and wide receivers, those guys, big, big one through three round type BS. Where are you going? You going with the running backs or are you going with the wide receivers right off the bat? Now I think it's important to address that you're in a you're drafting for PPR. PPR. Yeah, PPR for PPR. sure. You have to go PPR. PPR is standard. Uh, if you don't do PPR, then you're Trump. not really in mock or you're not really in fantasy. You're in a playpen. Basically, so at the fifth round or at, not the, at the fifth pick, you're looking at potentially the second best wide receiver on the board. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to start the mock draft right okay. now. Right. I'm going to see who the first four picks are. Uh, number one's going to be CMC. It we'll always talk is. About, we'll talk about people that are there. Okay. Right? Jonathan Taylor goes off the board first. Ooh, wow. Justin Jefferson. Wow. CMC and Austin oh. Eckler gone. So you need – I would uh, – here I'm picking the best wide receiver off the board. Here. Here's what we got. So you want to do wide receiver. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm going at, at number five. What my in my whole case is is you want to if you want to go running back in the first round, you need a two level guy, an all around guy. You need a guy who can run the ball and catch the ball. Those guys in my mind, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler, all gone. You could go Saquon, but I think Saquon's more of a, like a late first. Saquon is going in the in the second round, mid second, mid second, yeah, about early mid second. So what I'm looking at here, you want to go wide receiver? I want to go wide receiver. We're looking at Jamar Chase, yeah. at Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Lamb. I would go Jamar Chase. I think he's. I think he's I, still going to get a I bunch of targets. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And here, here's why: Jamar Chase, besides Justin Jefferson, is the premier up and coming good wide receiver in the league, and he's guaranteed dots. By your boy, Smoking Joe, Smokin Burrow. Joe Burrow. So I'm going with you. I'm not taking Cup. It was kind of a weird year for Cup last year. You don't know if he's going to bounce back or not. I I, I think these other two, other guys, Devontae Adams, he has Jimmy G. No, thank you. Stephon Diggs, man, I love Stephon Diggs, but uh, you got to take you got to take you the got, big yeah, hitter. You got to sure. take the big hitter. So I'm with you. Jamar Chase, it is. 
and we're gonna keep it rolling. We're going on to the second round. It's picking. It's picking away. What do you think about our first pick? What 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 do you think about Jamar Chase? What do you think as a player? As a player, I think he's a solid player. He's like I said, I think he's gonna get a lot of targets. He's gonna get a lot of yards. He's he's a shoe in for a thousand yards. That's he's, what I think. He's I think gonna he's be a shoe in twelve hundred. Well, sure, yeah. sure. Especially without having Hayden Hurst and you know tight end for them kind of being a slight downgrade. Now let me let me let me rattle these off real quick. Some notable people that went: Derrick Henry off the board, mm, Cooper Cup. We were talking about Cooper Cup. Notably early, Travis Kelsey, eighth pick off the board. Yeah, he went early a lot last year, too. Yes, very early. Fonte Adams, Alvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Freak Hill, A.J. Brown, Nick Chubb, Josh Allen. First quarterback off the board. Yeah, I don't think he goes that pick early. pick number 15. So, I think after all the names that you just said and we just mentioned, it you almost have to go Saquon here. If he's still available. Saquon got taken two picks ah, later. Ah, damn. That team has Travis Kelsey Saquon, which I think is actually very good for the eighth team. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Anyway, Joe Mixon after that and Najee Harris. Right now we are damn. looking. I still think, it's unless it. you're getting a really good running back, usually I'd go, I'd go wide receiver running back if there's – the Saquon mm-hmm. still there. I, you, I would agree with you. There's no Saquon. Even, there's no Mixon. Or even is there Josh Na- Jacobs? Na- Najee, but Najee's already taken. Let's argue about this. Let's argue about this. You are you a Josh Jacobs guy? I like Josh Jacobs. Okay. I think in that system, he's still going to get his touches. Give me, make me a pitch for why Josh Jacobs this year is going to be the same, or maybe just a little bit regressed. Josh Jacobs of last year. Josh Jacobs is going to be relatively the same. He's still going to get his touches. They don't have Darren Waller. They don't have, they have an older tight end. Jimmy G really revolves around the play action. To set up the play action, you got to run the ball effectively. To run the ball effectively, you got to put the ball in Josh Jacobs' hands. Period. Okay. I like that. Let me, let me throw out a name for you. I don't, I personally, I'm not a Debo guy. I don't. Debo Samuel? I, yeah. yeah. He's a good, good athletic player. Not, not my cup of tea. See, Higgins, nah, he, we already got Jamar Chase. We right. don't need the other wide receiver. Uh, a guy I'll say, Jalen Waddle. You a Waddle guy? Now, we don't know what their quarterback situation is going to yeah, be. That's a good it, point. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to do that. Now, I'm, a, I'm an Amon Ross St. Brown guy, but I think we'd be reaching at yep. this point and for I'm an Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm not, I'm not now, let me throw Brown something guy. out at you, though. This is what we have two things on our table right now. Huge picks. Huge moneymaker points, guys. Patrick Mahomes is on the board, and Jalen Hurts is on the board. Two guys that literally won teams' playoff games last year. Does that even tickle in your interest? No, not at all. Not at all? Not at all. I think you convinced me. I think we're going to go wide receiver, running back, and we're going to pick Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. I think you're right. I think Jimmy G is going to be hitting those drop-down passes. Darren Waller's not there to take away uh, receptions. Devontae Adams will probably pick up most of Darren Waller's. They're going to, uh, they're probably going to pick up another wide receiver, something in that range, to open up the field. If they open up the field more, Josh Jacobs gets more running yards. Yep. Now, Patrick Mahomes did go off the board. T. Higgins, Waddle, Debo, these guys we talked about. Travis Etienne dropped off. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Mark Andrews was the second, second tight end off the board, which me and you both like Mark oh, Andrews. Yeah. Uh, then Keenan Allen, and now we're back. So now I'm gonna tell you something. I I want to go wide receiver right here because I'm on St. Brown. I, I was right say, you like there. you like Amon St. Brown here, but a guy that me and you 
are high as heck on that got injured last year is right there. And the guy that we think is one of the best running backs in the league, if until he got hurt, Brees Hall. Oh, on yeah. the board right here. Do you feel comfortable enough? No. You don't? No. I feel like you got your, your solid running back one with Josh Jacobs. I feel like reaching for Brees Hall here. Now, if he's here when it comes back to us in the fourth, absolutely. If he's there, then you take him in the fourth. Okay. But I think I think going with Amon State Brown here, I think it's a solid pick. Could I, and I couldn't tickle your interest at all with like an Aaron Jones. How about a DK? No. Not with Geno Smith. So I think Geno Smith is We're sticking with the Mon St. Brown, and we're going on the big turn where a lot of people get taken. Yep. Mon St. Brown it is. I like it. That's one of my breakout guys. I said last year he was a top 10 wide receiver, in my opinion, and I think he's even going to break out further this year, especially now that Jared Goff knows that offense even he's more. And that Lions team is actually going to be pretty good this they year. They made some fucking moves. All right, notable people off. Aaron Jones, we talked to him. DeAndre Swift, gone. Brees Hall, gone. Javante Williams, gone. Kenneth Walker, gone. Mike Evans, Joe Burrow. Alvin Kamara. That, yeah. I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara's been on the on the downgrade, I think, for a while. Uh, George Kittle, third off the board for tight ends. So that basically takes tight ends out for a while. I agree, because... Yeah. I think there's a huge downgrade from this next guy on the list, TJ Hawkinson yeah. in tight ends. I don't I don't think yeah. so. DK's off, Herbert's gone, Tony Pollard gone, unfortunately. unfortunately. I would have loved to get Tony Pollard. Uh another guy I really wanted to get too. I thought he would make it back by is uh Ramondre Stevenson off the board, Patriots running back. Yeah. And then Scary Terry right before us gets picked. Damn, I'd have been going. I'm staying away from one of these guys right here. And that's D Hop. D Hop's. I, I, we just don't know where he's going to be. I don't know where he's going to yeah, be. Yeah. I don't know where he's going to be right now. It's hard to commit to him. Yeah. Especially uh, in your super early. Super early, yeah. Right. And, I, and another guy I'm sticking away with. These are the two wide receivers back to back that I got to kind of stick away from. Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's Absolutely. up here, and I, I got to stick away from him. I would not touch a single Colts player, period. Even after the draft. Depending on who they draft, I still would not touch no. a Colts player unless it's, it's Jonathan scary. Taylor. It's scary to pick him. And the fact that they had Jonathan Taylor still going number one overall in this. Is fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think JT is a great running back, but he's he's definitely not a number one overall. Now here we go. We've kind of we've got to put ourselves in a little bit of a corner because we we went wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. There's not really a good ish running back. I'm not a big fan of James Conner. This is where you call the commit. This is where you call your boy in to negotiate a trade. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of James. I'm not a big fan of James Conner. I'm not. I'm I don't not like James Ezekiel Elliott. You don't know where he's gonna go. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't playing. Uh, Cam Akers, not a. He's gonna be there for a while. Not a huge fan of Cam Akers. So we're kind of painting ourselves into a corner of we need a wide receiver. Who's who's on the board? I, I gave you the D Hop. The two people that they're nah. putting yeah. up there is nah. D Hop and Pittman. No. Nah. So we, we ain't touching those. No, no. I'm a, so we got Chris Godwin, eh. not terrible. Has a starting quarterback of Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah, the uh, Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty fifty. Not not too great. A guy I like though, Amari Cooper, for the Browns for, for the and Deshaun Watson. 
But he he was a top ten wide receiver last year. He was, yeah, and he's gonna get his targets. He's gonna get his touches for sure. Uh, so I like that. A sneaky pick, a guy I'm high on sneaky, here. Sticky. DJ Moore is within our picking realm right now. Yeah, DJ, especially with all the other weapons that got signed to that team. Yeah, DJ Moore. So we can go. With Hawkinson or Kyle Pitts, I don't think we touch no. a tight end with a 10-foot no. pole. No. We can go Lamar Jackson. Nope. No. Nope. No. We don't know it. where he's going. I, I'm, I'm right now, I like Amari. I think he's the, he's the high floor, lowest ceiling guy. But if we want to go boom, I think we go DJ Moore. I, I would be more comfortable with going Coop. And I think Cooper's going to be the better pick, especially there at four. Okay, so we'll t- we'll take Amari Cooper right now, fourth round pick. So right now, how are you feeling about Jamar Chase, Josh Jacobs, Juan St. Brown, and Amari Cooper? I like it. I think it's solid. It's, does, does not having a running back scare you right now? We have Josh. Ja- we have Josh Jacobs. Yeah, but we need two running backs. That's fine. Okay. So, T.J. Hawkins went off the board. D. Hop, Zeke, Pittman, Connor. Kyle Pitts, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore. All the people we talked about, gone. Lamar Jackson's still there. No one cares. No one, no, not touching him. Not touching him. He could get not injured. He's, he's, a, he's a huge boom when he's there, but he could ruin your season with one injury. So right. not worth it. I hate this player that's up here right now. Devontae Smith, hate that guy. We can't, first of all, we can't draft a wide receiver. I don't think we can draft a wide receiver right now. We one, need, you almost need a running back or a tight end. We need end. a running back we need a, or a quarterback or a tight end. Or anything other. What running back to the top of the board right now? This is what scares me. Cameron Akers. I think it's J.K. Dobbins. Miles Sanders. David Montgomery. Forte. Although we don't know where Cam Akers is going to be. I think he's still going to be. I think he's going to stay put. I think he's getting his touches. I think he's still. So at the end of the year last year, actually, Cam Akers finished with the last three weeks that he actually played a bunch. He finished RB1, 14, and 11 to finish so, the season. So middle of the road-ish. Yeah, pretty than, good. Yeah. And I think LA is a way better team this year than they were last year because last year they had so many injuries. Right, yeah. So I, if, I'm if i surprised that he made it that far, and I think if you don't take Akers here, he's not there when it comes back to us. For sure not. For so I sure think you not. have to take him here. Cameron Akers is going to be our pick, second running back. Moving on now, I like Cam Rakers because he he finished off the season hot. If he plays for LA, 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 I think LA is going to be a better team. There's so many injuries, especially that that O line was literally on its third string guy in every position. And they were still moving the ball, yeah, effectively. All right, so we got Garrett Wilson, Devontae Smith, Lamar Jackson, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Deontay Judy. Johnson. Justin Jefferson came off. I, I wanted him to come back around. Uh, Mike Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Olave, Dave Montgomery, Calvin Ridley, Leonard Fournette, and then Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Kind of surprised Schultz. I'm not. Went there. Okay. Fifth? No, I'm not. We talked about how tight end, we're, we're done with tight ends. Well, all the tight ends that are kind of in that middle of the road area are gone. You looking at anybody at sixth round? And the sixth round typically is when I'm starting to look at a quarterback. If I if there's no value anywhere else, 
the couple times I've drafted for other players in your league, the sixth, seventh, and eighth is where I've drafted, I believe, most of the quarterbacks. So right now, the quarterbacks that we're looking at is be Trevor Lawrence, Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott, or Kyler Murray. And out of all of those ones, Trevor Lawrence may be the best. I like Kyler Murray for fantasy reasons because of his ability to still take off with the rock. Because a couple years ago, he was the most... He, he scored the most points as a quarterback two years ago. But can I pique your interest with a Darren Waller? Absolutely. Darren Waller is right within our grasp right now. He goes to the he goes to the Giants that need a lead guy. And he's gonna he's gonna be a high value target. He's or exactly. high volume target. Especially to Daniel Jones. Yeah. I am really high on Darren Waller this year to make a huge comeback. If he he's there in the sixth. He is right here in the sixth. That's who you need to take. That's who I want to take. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So we're taking Darren Waller as our sixth round pick. So far, we have Jamar Chase, Josh Jacobs, Mon St. Brown, Amari Cooper, Cam Akers, Darren Waller. I feel like we still need another running back for sure. Yeah. At some point, we need to be looking at what wide receivers are there. We do need a quarterback. If we don't pick a quarterback this round then I think we wait and pick a late quarterback, in my mind. Okay. so I unless, think- unless a guy drops to us, of course. So I, in my, right now, Trevor Lawrence. I would say if T-Law is there, you should consider drafting T-Law. Trevor Lawrence would be a, a, a good pickup. He adds Calvin Ridley to an already decent wide receiving court. Could I pique your interest with, like, a Michael Thomas? Stop. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago on a podcast. Michael Thomas is fucking washed. Okay. <laughs> I think, to be honest, that was my that might be my only because I don't I don't want to take Dak personally. No. He's if Dak's going this high, it's it's not good. It's you want you want to get Dak in like the ninth or tenth round. To right. be honest, I, I think right here, if you want to go quarterback, T Law available, you go T Law, or you go Kyler Murray yes. with his ability and the to way, run the ball. And what I'm looking at here on the board, I feel like the running backs that are in this round aren't as good as what we can get for cheaper value later on. Right. So I'm with you. We're taking Trevor Lawrence right now. We got our quarterback. We got our tight end. This is not usually how I do this, but we are <laughs> booming. We have a we have a guy in every position so far besides defense and kicker, but no one really cares about that. I do. So, all right. So, Rashard White is a running back available that they say is still from the last round. You know, projected to go in the last round, still available. I'm not a big Rashard White fan. Tampa Bay's running back, so I, I'm kind of going away from that. We got. Wide receiver, Pickens, Burks, Ooh. but a guy I like though that's a running back that I was talking about. We could wait and get better value. Uh-huh. Elijah Mitchell, San Francisco's running back, is still on the board. He's behind CMC. That's at this point. the only thing. He's a really good. He's a good. We got a guy I really like as a as a like a low of high floor, low ceiling type of guy now because he's older. Adam Thielen's on the board. Yeah, but we—I guess we did. Yeah, he's going to be at the Panthers, but we don't—we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We don't. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We got. What are you thinking here? We could also reach. We could reach a little. We could go get a Kareem Hunt. 
which we don't know where he's going yet. He has yeah. not signed. Yeah. Or Jamal Williams for the Saints. I don't know, dude. I like, I, like, I like Pickens here. You thinking Pickens? I like Pickens. I think Pickens and the Pickens-Pickett combo, I think it's only going to get better, especially this year. I think it's going to be great. I, I think, think so. I think Pickens has a solid year. I don't think he's going to have All right. a huge, tremendous year. I wanted to go with the wide receiver, too, because I don't think these running backs are no. that great in this no. round. We can maybe wait a little bit. Let's go with Jordan Pickens. I like Pickens there. Mm-hmm. Okay. we. I'm thinking we have, to, we have to find a running back right here. Jamal Williams is still on the board. We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. There could be a possibility where Alvin Kamara is still suspended for that incident last year in Vegas for the first four, six games. I think this would be a huge moment right now to take Jamal Williams in case Alvin Kamara is out for the beginning. This could win us games right here. In the ninth round, we could have a starter. Hmm. Other, other uh, running back names that come to mind is Devin Singletary plays for Houston now. There is uh, Khalil Herbert still playing for Chicago. He's going to be a backup. Damian Harris for Buffalo. That's a good pass-catching, scat-back type guy. I'm staying away from Edwards Lair. No, thank you. No, yeah, nah. And Cordell <clears throat> Patterson is there. Eh. Yeah, he had, he, had he, had a bad, a, he had a bad end of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, he had a huge regression last year. So I think your, your Jamal Williams pick here, I think if you don't think he's going to be there in the next round or two, then yeah, you I need to pick him. I think he's gone. Okay, so then you probably should draft him here. I'm picking him. Jamal Williams it is. I think there's a chance he could start at least the first four games if Alvin Kamara gets suspended. I know he does if and he gets it, Alvin Kamara even, suspended. Even after that, if if he does get those four starts, you just drop him after that if Kamara comes back and starts rolling. J- Jamal Williams outplayed Swift last year. A guy I think is way better than him. Got so many... Got so many goal line carries and touchdowns. He's that guy that comes in and steals your starters' <laughs> touchdowns. He's gonna, yeah, fuck, he's that, gonna be fuck the those guy, guys. He's gonna be the guy that Alvin Kamara uh, owners look at and go, "I hate you," because he's gonna have no put in Kamara. He's gonna have the twenty yard games where he has two touchdowns. And Kamara ain't got and shit. Kamara has ninety yards, and somehow Jamal Williams has more points than him. That's right. that's exactly what that is. All right, so we already. In my mind, do you draft a second quarterback? I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't draft a second quarterback. Unless, unless it's a keeper league and I've already have everything else and I'm in that last pick, I might draft a quarterback. Like so I did for someone a couple years ago. There's a ton of quarterbacks right now on the board. How, how many picks do we do? 12 or 16? We are doing six, 15. 15. There's only 15. 15? What are we in? 10? Right now, this is our 10th round pick. Yeah. And... There's a bunch of quarterbacks. There's Kirk Cousins, not a not a fan. Sean Watson, nah. Nah, at ten, Danny, at ten, I'm Daniel not Jones. I'm not taking another quarterback. Yeah, no. I'm not taking another quarterback. But is it too early to think about defense? Yes. It's a little, it's a little too early to talk about eating the 49ers. Yeah. Okay. So Cordo Patterson's still on the board for a running back. I I've already told you I don't like the. Uh, Jacoby Myers. What other tight end is on the board? Okay, Gerald Everett's way down there. Okay, so I guess like he's way down so, there. So nobody. I'm, I'm thinking if we don't go, if we don't go, Cordell Patterson, we should go defense. 
either go defense or there's Dotson for Washington, which didn't have a bad year last year. And I'm I, I, think, I would I'd rather go Cordell Patterson or the 49 I think we need Cordell Patterson just to round out our, our running back room. <laughs> right. And he, it, he, gets, he could he's still good flex. Boom. Yeah. He could still boom. Right. Because Cordell Patterson won some people some leagues a couple years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm thinking Cordell Patterson right here. Yep. And I think if the 49ers defense comes around to us in 11th, I think you highly consider that. They're gone. Yeah, there <laughs> they go. The Buffalo went first, which is surprising. Buffalo Bills well, defense teams. went first. And San Francisco went. So now we're in the 11th. Yes. So now we're a taking... A second quarterback would be like Geno. Nope. Not, not even worried about Ron. Nope. We Nine. don't know where he's even playing. Nope. Um, Ooh. We got Cowboys defense. Uh, Ooh. Odell's here. Nope. Devontae Foreman. What I like about the Cowboys defense is that they score off turnovers. Yes. They get a shit ton yes, of turnovers. I think here at 11, since there's no value at running back, there's no value at quarterback. No, the only running back is there is Alexander Mattinson. And basically, you're just playing him as a ball and chain. Hey, uh, if Dalvin Cook gets injured, now you have a trade bait for right. the Dalvin Cook guy. I, I like the Cowboys defense here. I think there's no value anywhere else. I, unless, no. you, unless you were I mean, going to reach somewhere. Unless we were going for Devontae Foreman, and he, we don't even really know yeah. if he's going to start as running back in Chicago. That's I, why he's so low. And I, I think I that... Mean, maybe, a Richard Penny in Philly. He, I mean, that, Miles that, Sanders the, is the, gone. The problem is, I think if you don't take the Cowboys defense here, they're gone. They're gone before it comes back for so, sure. But I think Penny will be here. Okay, we'll try it. We're gonna go Cowboys. We're gonna hope Penny makes it back to the, to us. It's a the way. Yeah, he's gone. And he's gone. Well, damn. Thanks for the here. Here's your money, and it's gone. And it's gone. Yeah. But we now have our defense. We and, have our and defense. And it's a solid defense. It is a very Who's gonna score solid a lot points of points. Defense. Exactly. It's gonna score, score a lot yeah, of points. For sure. So now we have a Matthew Stafford sitting here, a Gerald Everett. I'm not yes. a big Gerald Everett guy. I don't I tried to play Gerald Everett last year. He actually hurt me a lot more than he helped me. That's the worst. Matthew Stafford's here 50-50 on him. I will not take a New England tight end. I don't care what people say about <laughs> Mike Gusecki. They have they ruined uh Gianni. They ruined Gianni. They ruined uh Henry. Yeah. So Hunter Henry. I'm not for it. Sky Moore, terrible in my opinion. Um But I think that might be a decent pick here because there's not a lot of value anywhere else. Sky Moore can still get a lot of touches and a lot of big plays there with that Kansas City offense. With their wide receiving core as it is right now, maybe. That's what I'm saying. We haven't picked a wide receiver since round eight. I wouldn't be opposed to taking a wide receiver that has maybe a high ceiling if currently. So who else is on the board? Claypool's there. Michael Gallup's there. I'd... I do like Michael Gallup. I think for when he does get targeted, he tends to catch the ball. And he's he's good for a small amount of yards and usually a touchdown. And Robert Woods. I do like Robert Woods too. But I think Robert Woods is with Houston this year, so you're you're talking you, about now they don't have we don't know who their quarterback's gonna be. Yeah. I, do you like the upside of Sky Moore in a very limited wide receiver room 
or Michael Gallup in a very in a uh, very so stacked. You can wide go you can go with a conservative pick with Gallup, who you know is still going to get targeted, but not as many yards. And can have his good touchdown and like eighty yard game. I would go with Gallup. Personally. Gallup is the higher ceiling, in my opinion. No. No, no, Gallup is the higher floor in my opinion. Right. Sky Moore has a higher high ceiling, ceiling, but a super low floor. Right, right. Because there, I, I bet there's games where Sky Moore just barely gets on the field and gets a touch or two. So yeah, I like Gallup there. I do as well. What Let pick was that? that? Pick in. That was pick number 13, 13 round. No, that's that's twelve. That's twelve. And I'm I'm saying right here at thirteen, I'm. I'm taking a kicker every time. I'm beating people to the kickers because that you win and lose games on the kicker. And if you can't get Justin Tucker, my favorite kicker is young Hoku. Justin Tucker is available. There has been no kickers off the board. And I don't. (laughs) What are you doing over there? I, I may or may not have paused at the right point, so it kind of it kind of it kind of kept picking. Oh jeez! But it's okay. It's okay because I'm pretty fast on the board. We now have Michael Gallup on our team. It has gone back around. We are good to go. <laughs> so now we're you're pick- thinking kicker. Uh, By 13. the way, I'm excluding rookies from our picks because I feel like we don't know where they're at. Right. We don't need to talk about them. Not we yet. we can talk about them after the draft. Off draft after the draft. Once we bring our our next guest after the draft. Exactly. So we we can go kicker. It, it, is JT still on the board? Of course. You get JT. This is I in my opinion. In my, unless in my opinion, unless there's value somewhere else, you get JT right in now. In my opinion, very early for a kicker. But is there any value anywhere else that can score you points? Oh. Uh, for a thirteenth pick, there's a Tyler Higby for the Rams. Okay, Woods is still on the board. Robert Woods is still on the board. A Chase Edmonds in Tampa Bay. That's pretty I mean, much th- it. A this Gainwell. Is, this is Philly. your draft, but if it's me, I'm taking JT right now. I don't see much other value at this point. I would be okay with taking the kicker and seeing what falls to us. In the next round, like like you said, people don't have their tight ends yet. They don't have their quarterbacks for sure. They don't have their defenses. A lot of people could still fall to us. We could just take the best kicker in the league, hands down, Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's going to have those 12 Bombs. to 15 to 20 point weeks that's going to win you weeks. Right. So coming back around, at we now at now. a 14th pick. Second to last pick. There's a bunch of rookies on the board, like we said. Not going rookies. We have Jared Goff. as would be our backup. We already talked about we don't pick backup quarterbacks. And we don't pick up backup quarterbacks like Love. He's on the board still. <laughs> of course he is. He'll stay on the board most likely. And Scrub. <laughs> so we'll have Kenneth Gainwell there. We'll have a Dolchik. Denver's... Tight end, that's not very bad at all. We could get another tight end. Jimmy G's still sitting on board. We don't we don't pick quarterbacks though. Zay Jones. I'm honestly, I'm I might be feeling picking up this the Dolchik guy. Dolchik was I had Dolchik last year, and he's pretty dang good. I think at this pick, since you're not doing rookies, it 
almost. We're not doing rookies because it'd be, yeah, it right. wouldn't be fair. I think I think it almost doesn't matter just because there's not a lot of value. These guys are going to be like fill-in players for your bye weeks. For sure. And I think, sure. I think we've already got the core pretty much kind of dialed in. I agree. I agree. I'm going a tight end, okay. I think. Because I, I like Dolchik. I think he is a great player to pop in when Waller's on his bye week for sure. Oh, yeah. And he could get he could still get you those 10, 12 points per week on a good week. I'm taking Dolchik. Good week. Now all all the teams are rounding out, picking out, picking their kickers. And we we got beat one, them to it. We got one more guy. Here's a guy that I was looking at in the last round. I knew, I figured he would fall back to us. DJ Chark is still here. Yeah. DJ Chark is still on the board. Yeah. A Curtis Samuel nope. is still on the board. DJ Chark. Okay, I agree. Granted, that's, why we, I was, that's why I was watching him. Granted, we don't know who his quarterback's going to be. But it's DJ Chark. Yeah, but it could be, it could be CJ Stroud. You never it know. It could be, but I think DJ Chark is definitely well enough for the last pick of the draft to get, especially if it's a keeper league and he goes off with Stroud or somebody. I like DJ yeah, Chark for sure. DJ Chark with uh, the Lions last year in golf played pretty decent ball. Yeah, just decent, but yeah. So I'm picking DJ Chark. Okay. So round it up, finish up the mock draft. We'll go over our team and we'll wrap it up for the evening. We're talking starting quarterback, only quarterback, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Solid. First RB, RB1, Josh Jacobs. Money. If he has a year like last year, that's huge. Huge. Especially since he's our second round pick. Yeah. Cam Akers, depending on, and we're hoping here that he's the guy that they were hoping he would be last year for the whole year for the whole year right and that la stays healthy this year the whole and the whole line stays healthy then i can actually run the ball effectively i think that's a good pick but it's not even for him to run the ball effectively it's also for him to catch the ball out of the backfield true number one receiver jamar chase number one dagger might be the number one receiver in the league can compete with justin jefferson yeah then a guy I'm high on, top ten wide receiver, RB or wide receiver two, Amon St. Brown, and Darren Waller, which in my mind is the third best tight end probably in the league. It's it's hard to judge after his lack of production because of injury, right? It and being there at at the Raiders with but now he's in New York team. that doesn't have a number one. Overall wide receiver, and they're going to be target hungry. And they're going to be running a lot of play action, which will go to a tight end first normally. Yes. Keep rolling. Flex slash wide receiver three. Amari Cooper. Solid. Very high floor. Can have a high ceiling type of guy. Yeah. I I think he's going to be a a solid, productive wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be your high... 20 point wide receiver, but I think he's going to get you your 10 to 13 points a week for, for sure. sure. Yeah, I think he and he's going to be a touchdown guy. Yeah, I think he'll be he's a red zone target, tall, good route runner type of guy. Yeah, for I sure. I agree with that. Got your guy, kicker K1, K1, Justin JT Tucker, which is gonna is the best kicker. Can can have 20 point weeks where he's where he smacks in 
250 yards in a game and you already have 10 points, you already have 16 points like crazy fast. So Justin Tucker, great pick. Cowboys defense. Yeah. I'm liking it. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm liking that. Yeah. But what Nate said, Nate, round round the Cowboys defense out. Why'd you pick them? Going to get turnovers. They might give up points, but you're going to make a lot of those points up by creating more turnovers, which depending on what league you're in and how they do the scoring, when you create turnovers as defense, you usually get a lot more points than your total points given up or total yards given up, however your league does it. And like you said, they score a lot on those turnovers. Yep. And their special teams. Cowboys special teams is really solid. All right. And our bench players. We're starting off with wide receiver George Pickens. Solid. I like it. He the only reason I feel like he wasn't productive last year is because it was Pickens kind of first year actually starting, and he wasn't even starting the full year. Trubisky started half the year. Yeah. So I, I think that that connection duo, between that duo. yeah between Pickens and Pickett is going to grow. I think it's going to be solid this year. I think that's going to be the duo in that whole division there. Okay. And then a guy I like, RB, Jamal Williams, has a chance to be the starter. But if not, he will take touchdowns away from Alvin Kamara. He is going to be that dude that other teams are pissed off for you about. He's going to get a touchdown or two a game when he shouldn't be. But he's a solid guy if you need to flex him in there. For sure. For he showed it. Sure. He showed it last year with the Lions. Uh, our next guy, Cordell Patterson, had a kind of an off year last year for Cordell Patterson, but could make the full swing back as one of those athletic players. Especially as a late pick, if you can get him, he's he's a solid flex player. Yes, because he can also play running back and wide receiver. For sure. Michael Gallup, a very at, at that point in the draft, it was the 12th round pick. Very safe kind of pick because, you know, he can be flexed in at any point. Very high floor. Not as high as Sheeling. Sheeling. But could be very good. Yeah, he can he can come in, to you, come in for your offense at the flex when you have a couple people on a bye week maybe. Or an injury that yep, happens. For sure. Yep. You don't have to play the waivers as much. Uh, tight end. We went, we went with another tight end because I wanted to. Uh, Greg Dolchik. He played very well in his breakout year with Denver last year. Even when Westbrook, or Westbrook, even when Wilson sucked it up and let it ride, let it ride. Brock I think Dolchik has a way better year this year, especially with Sean Payton. Look at what Sean Payton did with the likes of Jeremy Shockey and Graham. Solid. Solid. Could have great effect on Dolchik. Our last pick. A guy that me and Nate both really like as a wide receiver went super low. DJ probably because he's Chuck. playing for Carolina. DJ Chark. Do they do they give a overall rating on the draft? They do not. Uh, but I'll say, uh, what, what would you rate that? What would you rate that as a whole? I I give it a solid B. B-. I would minus. give it. I'd give it a B plus. I love our wide receiving core. Yeah. Our wide receiving core is awesome. Yeah. Only place I'm nervous. Only only spot at all I'm nervous about. Because I, I like running our back quarterback. Depth. I like our tight end. I love our kicker. I love our defense. I'm nervous about that that running back room. Yeah. That running back room. We're, we're, we're really hoping. That we're really hoping. That Akers can kind of carry that second spot. Yeah. And we're hoping maybe a, maybe Cordell pops back into two years ago. Yeah, get, get some more points for us. Yeah. And yeah. we're hoping maybe for some touchdown steals from Jamal. It's kind of a – that's a – 
that's a rough room. But that, that's also hard when we're not drafting rookies because there are some solid rookies going to be coming out. But we're not doing it because we don't know where they're at. Right, exactly. We don't know where they're going to be at. It's hard to draft. Guys, I know we ran a little bit later, but we really wanted to get this early mock draft for our fantasy football GMs out there. Cody, do you have anything to wrap up this evening? No, this was a lot of fun. I, I'm really glad we did this mock draft. I always have fun doing this. I do them way too early every year. I already did two mock drafts oh before this. So I had a lot of fun. But let's, uh, let's 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 let the the ladies and gentlemen leave on yeah. that note. We'll pretty much let them leave. We're gonna go over some more fantasy right after the draft with our next special guest that we will mention at a later date. Other than that, you guys keep the party going on out there. We'll keep the party going on in here. We'll see you next week. Crack them cold ones. Crack the cold ones. <laughs>